This is Canada Reads American Style, featuring two friends who love Canada Reads and Canadian literature. Welcome our host Rebecca from Michigan and Tara from Ontario. Hi everyone, it is Rebecca and Tara is here with me of course. And I wanted to just mention that I was looking at YouTube and the Poptimist's account and he uh, was answering the questions for the mid-year book freakout tag. And there are 13 questions about what you've read for the first six months of the year. And yeah, right. I said that right. Yes. Yeah, first six months of the year. And Tara and I were going to talk about what we read for the first six months. And we thought, oh, these questions look kind of fun. So we thought we would do those. I will just go ahead and get started. And yep. the first one is number one is the best book you've read. So the first half of 2022. So for me, it's Strange Paradise by Omar mm -hmm. al Akkad. And as many of you know, that was a Canada Reads book that Tara and I both really absolutely loved. So when I went through the list of everything I've read this so far this year, it stood out by a mile for me. So that's my best book I've read. How about you, Tara? Mine, I'm going to give you two. I'm going to cheat a little bit because <laughs> I'm going to give you best fiction and best nonfiction since I've been oh. reading more nonfiction. You can add, you can add in your nonfiction. I can. Okay. I will after you yeah, go ahead. Totally. Yep. Okay. So my best fiction is one that we have, uh, actually we are interviewing the author soon, right? Uh, is the undertaking of Billy Buffoni by yeah. David Giuliano. I loved that one. So that's my favorite fiction so far. I had a lot of fictions. Like I've had a really good year where I've been happy with all my books so far, but that's my favorite. And my favorite nonfiction is On Account of Darkness by Ian Kennedy, who we interviewed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I Those are both really good choices. And I was just looking through my list really quickly of my nonfiction. And I have a feeling... Okay, I think I'm actually going to pick another one that I read yeah. this year. I loved On Account of Darkness. Absolutely, 100% yeah. loved it. But the book that I started the year with was Blue Sky Kingdom, An Epic Family Journey yes. to the Heart of the Himalaya by Bert, Bruce Kirkby. Mm -hmm. And they had reached out and asked if we wanted to read the book, and or if I wanted to read the book. And I said, absolutely, because I've always loved mountain books and that kind of thing, mountain adventures, especially that part of the world. And it was just an amazing story about how he and his wife and their two kids, I think it was, they go to the Himalaya and they just live this really simple life in a monastery. And that whole experience, I loved it. And I think you read it too, right? I did. I did. And I actually really enjoyed that one too. Yeah. So that kind of just fits into something that I've always really loved are those kinds of stories about the mountains. So yeah. Okay. Okay. So our second category, best sequel. So for me, this would be, it's not a Canadian book. It's Us Against You by Frederick Bachman, which is the sequel to Beartown. I loved it. Okay, Hockey what book. was that one about? I don't think I know oh, that. Uh, so know that. small town in, oh my God, is it? Oh, people are going to be annoyed at me. I, I can't okay. remember <laughs> uh, if it is Sweden or Norway. Okay. One of the ice, or Iceland. Uh, but about a hockey team in a very small town. And that's kind of the only thing that the small town has going for it is the hockey team. And in the first book, a uh, something happens 
that kind of breaks the part of the town apart into two sides. Basically, you're either for the hockey team or if you're, you take the other side, you end up being against the hockey team. It's a, anyway, something happens that splits the town in two. And the sequel is kind of uh, the reconciliation of the town, almost to a point. Okay. It's beautiful. It's got yeah. great characters. Yeah, it's a beautiful book. Two of them, both of them. Yeah, I'll have to add those to my list because yeah. Beartown I was aware of, but I didn't know there was a sequel. So that's interesting. Yes. I think there's a third one too. I'm not sure. Oh. I have to look into it. And it's cold, Rebecca. It's the winter. It's cold. You love cold. <laughs> you know I love those books. Yeah, absolutely. Well, my best sequel, and normally it's hilarious because I really rarely read sequels. There's two books, a two series that I read. I read Sarah Presky's V.I. Warshawski books and also mm-hmm. Val McDermott's uh, Tony Hill and Carol Jordan Mysteries. But those are the only sort of sequels I, I mean, books, ongoing series I read. But this one I read was Republic of Dirt, a return to Woefield Farm. And it was the Woefield Poultry Collective was the first title. Yeah. And it was funny because I know the author will never hear me say this, but I've never really loved a book where I didn't like the main character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, mm-hmm. but in Woefield, I really can't stand the main character, but I love all the other characters. So yeah. when I read the sequel, they had they've sort of moved on and they, they're just really well fleshed out characters and I love them all except for the main character. And I hoped that the main character in the second book would have had some, you know, clarity about who she is and how she moves through the world and she has zero. So it's all good. I still love the characters. I had the same feeling because I read the first one as well, the Woolfield. I haven't read the second one, but I love the first one except for the main character. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's so unlikable and there's no growth. So when you said that yeah. there's still she's the same in the second book, I'm like, really, I, I'm going to read the sequel. Yeah, because like you, I loved the rest of the characters. Yeah, and I did. But, and I and I will tell you that they the others continue to grow. And you're just like, oh, I love these characters. And it's like, mm-hmm. I want to I wish I could ask the author and say, did you do you realize that your character had no growth? She's like unlikable and she had no growth. But but anyway, whatever. So. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Oh, the new release you haven't read but want to. And I have to say this is a kind of a goose egg for me because I'm a real mood reader. So mm-hmm. I don't look forward to books like, you know, re- new releases. Like I don't pay attention to that too much. I mean, I'm yeah. aware of them, but I don't, I don't have anything I'm looking forward to. How about you? Um, I have just the uh, Sea of Tranquility by Emily St. John Mandel. Oh, yeah. But I'm the same way. I kind of, I have a little bit of mood. I have a list. I have my books going. That, you know, it's just, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's just random. I'll pick off something from the TBR list. So unless I have like a favorite author that I know has a new book coming out in like the fall or something, generally I'm not a huge, I just kind of go with the flow. Yeah. And it's interesting because I read her book, Station Eleven. It was a Michigan like book of the year kind of thing where everybody was supposed Mm -hmm. to read it. I can't remember what they call that, but I read it and I and it was set in Michigan, which is, you know, so that's one of the reasons we were like, oh, let's read this. And I actually I I liked it, but I didn't love it. Like I thought it was fine, but it wasn't as good as I was anticipating. But anyway, so yeah. Did you read it? Station eleven. Yeah. Yep, I, and I, I think I read it twice actually. So I really enjoyed it. Oh wow! I enjoyed her. The Glass Hotel was her most recent one, right? From a mm-hmm. couple of years ago, I mean. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that. 
And so I'm looking forward to this one. I think there's a lot of hype to her books mm -hmm. sometimes. And I think a lot of hype is good for marketing and selling of books. But sometimes if you're a, a reader, I'm the type mm -hmm. of reader that I hype doesn't work well for me. I, I always often find I'm, I end up being underwhelmed if a yeah. book has a lot of hype. And that is a really good point, which I think that's maybe why I, maybe my expectations were too high for Station Eleven or yeah. they were uh, or they were off a little bit because again, it was the book that everybody in Michigan was supposed to read that year. Yeah. And when I read it, I was like, oh, okay. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So having that little bit of discussion. So the next one was most anticipated release for second half of the year. I actually do have a book for that after Ooh. saying that sometimes I don't really have anticipation but this one I'm looking forward to is coming out at the end of August and I actually did my first pre-order for it <laughs> the um, author is on Instagram it's Bianca Murray and she did a great job of marketing her book herself like I was just Ooh. taken in by it and it's called the witches of moonshine manor and I just know it's about a group of older women who are witches and I was just like I'm in. And she was, the way she marketed it, I was like, I'm totally in. I did my first pre-order for it. I'm really looking forward to receiving it at the end of the summer. Okay. While you were saying that, and I'll have to look into yeah. that one because I'm not, I don't know anything about that one, but it made me realize I am anti, at first I was like, I'm not really looking forward to anything. I can't think of anything. But then I remembered yeah. Ali Hassan's book is coming out in the yes. fall. Is There Bacon in Heaven? Yes. And it says, Indigo's most anticipated Canadian book. Now, here's the thing. I sent him a comment on his post on his Instagram and I said, hey, can you pre-order? And he said, yes. And he put it out there and you can save 30% right now. However, I went to try to order it. And of course, the book was going to cost me more with shipping to Michigan than the cost of the yeah. book. So I thought, okay, I'm going to wait till I go to Canada and I will just purchase the book. Um, so I probably won't get it until it is out in the fall. So, but yeah. yeah, I didn't even think about that. I do have one I'm anticipating that I'm excited about. So cool. I'm adding that to my list too. I'm terrible. I'm always adding seconds <laughs> and thirds whenever we do something like this. But um, yes, I, I forgot about that one. And what's annoying is I actually did like a Google search for for uh, Canadian books, anticipated books coming out in the fall 2020, and I got nothing. So I'm oh. like, why did that not pop up? I'm obviously yes. not very good at doing my Google searches, but yeah, that's on my list. Oh. Here, I'm going to, I just did a quick Google of uh, that book that I told you about, The Witches of Moonshine yeah. Manor. Mm -hmm. And as a quick description, it says five octogenarian witches gather as an angry mob threatens to demolish Moonshine Manor. I just love really... the idea of octogenarian witches. So that's why yeah. I was like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to look into that one, too. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm not even aware of that one. So, mm. OK, now, biggest disappointment. And I really, mm -hmm. you know, Tara and I have talked about this before. I don't really like to bash authors because and I'm going to let Tara tell, say why you don't, because I love your your reasoning, what oh, you said okay. about, yeah. Because even if I don't enjoy a book, I still personally have not written a book and that person has. <laughs> so I still appreciate the fact that they have written and published a book and maybe the book is not for me, but it may be for someone else. It is for someone else. 
And I don't want like my negativity to influence someone not picking up the book when it could be the book for them. And I could not have said that ever as well as she said it. And that I agree 100%, which is why I don't generally go on. And, and if I, if I read something and I don't really like it, I don't tell people I don't like it because at the end of the day too, unless you know me really well, how do you know that my opinion has any value? Right. And yeah. I realized, you know, we're doing a podcast where we're hyping books and stuff, but still, I always feel like it's the people closest to you that will kind of know whether you would like something or not. And anyway, so yeah, I don't like to hype. I mean, I don't like to say bad things. However, I am going to mention this book because I was really kind of disappointed, but it's a, it's actually a juvenile book because I'm a former youth and teen librarian. And as much as I love adult books and I especially love nonfiction, I still read kids' books. I read novels. I read picture books all the time. And I read this one called, it was a graphic novel called Garlic and the Vampire by Brie Paulson. And it was funny too, because somebody had put it on their Instagram account and I read it and I thought, oh my gosh, it's all about these vegetables that are worried that these vampires are going to take over their community or something. And I just thought, oh, I love anytime you take an inanimate object and you make it animate. I think that's hilarious and especially vegetables. (laughs) So I thought it would be really cute. And it did not live up to the hype for me at all. And I was, and I actually thought I probably would not necessarily recommend this to children. Well, maybe kids would like it, but as an adult who loves young people's books, this just didn't do it for me. And I was really kind of disappointed. So that, that's my biggest disappointment. Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. I've heard of that one actually. So, um, my biggest disappointment, I actually don't mind having said what I just said last, I don't mind putting this out at out there because this is not going to affect her sales whatsoever but it would be the newest outlander book by diana gabaldon Mm -hmm. so uh go tell the bees that i am gone i still enjoyed this book but it was it's a hunker of a book it's like 900 pages (laughs) i don't think it needed to be that long and not much happened (gasps) having not you know what I mean? Like not much yeah. happened until the last hundred pages. Oh man. And then what happens at the end is left unresolved as a, uh, what's it called? You know, cliffhanger cliffhanger yeah. for the next book, which is fun. like, so I still enjoyed it. I still loved going back into the world of Claire and Jamie. And as I'm reading like the details of how they dig a trench for an outhouse, I'm still enthralled, <laughs> but but does it really need to be there? No. So that would be my only biggest disappointment is that there just was maybe not enough action, but I still enjoyed it. And I've never read any of those books because they are, they're mostly really long books and I just don't have, I have a short attention span. So I, I already know that even if I got through the first one, I I wouldn't continue. So I don't even, I haven't even gone there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm still full on in. I'll read the next one. Yeah. I will keep on going because I do love them but yeah cool but maybe because that's maybe it's my biggest disappointment because it's the one that I was most anticipating too right yeah who knows yeah okay moving on to biggest surprise mine would be so we read this book for the podcast and it is I am Billy the Kid by Michael Bluen. uh it's a western about Billy the Kid and I am not a 
Western reader generally. I won't search them out. But we read this for the when he contacted us. We were in. It sounded really interesting. And I end up loving it. I thought it was a great book. Okay, that is exactly, that was my choice for biggest surprise really? as well. Because, yeah, because I'm in the same way. I'm not really a big Western fan. And especially now, the trope is pretty can be pretty controversial in terms of mm-hmm. how Native Americans or Indigenous peoples are treated and 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 portrayed and everything. So yeah, I'm not a big fan. But And when he reached out to us, at first I was kind of like, eh, it's a kind of a Western, but it's a revisionist Western. It has mm-hmm. a strong female character in it. And that is what drew you and I was this female character. And yeah, we loved it. I mean, it was yeah. really... Highly, 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 highly recommend this book. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So next one is number seven is favorite new author. And I have to admit, I'm not somebody who I, I, again, I'm a mood reader, so I don't necessarily have a reader. I mean, an author that I love so much that I'll just run out and like read all of their canon. I just don't do that except for, as I said, those two mystery writers that I really enjoy. And those are, it's really escapist kind of stuff. But I don't really have an, a favorite author in that way. So I couldn't even say I have a favorite new author. So how about you? Oh, okay. No, I do. Mine is Mary Lawson. So oh, I read, um, right, the, we read the Town of Solace mm-hmm. at the end of 2021. Yeah. And we both loved it. I loved it. And so now I'm going back. Like I, I enjoyed it so much that I will go back into her backlist and I've started, I am actually currently reading Crow Lake by her. So I would say she has become one of my new favorite authors. And I have to say, she doesn't qualify for me as a new author. I probably would have mentioned her, except she's not new to me. I read mm-hmm. Crow Lake before. And so that's why I couldn't include her as a new favorite author. But yeah, I totally agree. I love her books so yeah. much. I can't. And I, when I was visiting you, I at your different drummer bookstore, I picked up one of the books I of hers that I didn't have. And I honestly, I can't remember the title of it, but I have that one. Yeah. I have that one too, to read as well. Yeah. Cause I picked up Crow Lake at the same time and you picked up her other, one of her other books. Can't remember which one it is. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Let's see. Um, Oh, it's you next, I guess. Oh yes. Okay. Okay. I'm going to switch this one up. So it's newest Mm -hmm. fictional crush. I do not have a new fictional crush based on the books I've read this year. However, I mm-hmm. I will put my non-fictional crush, and it's not new, but it is only enhanced, and it is Wob Canoe, who is the leader of the NDP party in Manitoba, and I am currently reading his memoir, The Reason You Walk. I loved him before. I love him even more now. I think I love his family, his wife, his sister. I would love for either one of them to write a book because they seem also like fascinating people. So, yep, it's uh, my crush has only deepened for Wob. <laughs> this is hilarious because <laughs> I, when I was in Toronto one time, I picked up his book, The Reason You Walk, and I read it a few years ago. And so I'm going to include him, even though he's not a new and he's not a fictional crush. He's my crush too, because even though I live in Michigan, I follow him on social media. When he gives his political, those political speeches on his Instagram, Mm -hmm. I watch the whole thing. 
I don't know what's going on in Manitoba, but I watch him religiously yep. and I don't know a whole lot about his family, but I've seen him with his kids and stuff. And I have a huge crush on him because that book, The Reason You Walk, I was telling Tara, and I even told you what page number it's on. I yeah. actually took a screenshot. I think it, it it might actually be the last page, but I took a screenshot of it because in the book, he's talking about his father dying and his relationship with his father. And my dad's really pretty old and he's getting, you know, he's winding down and stuff. And so that book really spoke to my heart. And that last page, oh my Lord, it was just so beautiful. It was yeah. so poetic. And so, yes, I have a huge crush on Wab Canoe. So yeah. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for bringing it's that up because I would never have thought of him, but yeah, that's hilarious. I, I think I only <laughs> thought of it because I'm like, I looked through my list of books that I've read so far this year and I'm like, there's lots of new characters in there that I love, but ones that I would call like a crush and I'm like, yeah. no. And then I'm like, look, and I'm like, oh, look, there's Wob sitting right beside me. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, we'll have to think about that like a long, like if there, if you have any fictional crushes at all, I'll have to, I think we should talk about that at some point in the future because I, I was thinking more just this year, but then it would be kind of interesting to think about if we have them. Oh, I already know who one of my fictional crushes is. Oh, we'll yeah, to, I know one we'll do that. Too. Yeah. We'll have to do that. Let's not forget to do that. <laughs> okay. At another podcast. Okay. okay, cool. Yeah. Cause okay. I do have one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Me yeah. too. It just dawned on me. <laughs> oh, and I've talked I can't to, wait to find it. And I've talked about him before on past podcasts and I just have a huge crush on him. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Now let's see. Oh, number nine. We're down to number nine already. Newest favorite character. So of the books I've read this year, I have to say for me, it was Washington Black because he was, and again, that was a Canada Reads book by Essie Adujan. And what I loved about Washington Black is he is born into slavery his life hit the beginning of his life is just so awful. And then he, his world just completely blows up and he has the most fantastical, amazing life. And he takes advantage of every possible thing that he can. And I just, he's such a memorable character. Like I will never forget him as a character and kind of, I think of him too. Like when I think of him, I always think, picture him up in the Arctic. Like that was such a because that would have been so foreign to him, that landscape. And that's the landscape that speaks to me when I think of Washington Black and how he must have just for the first time seen it and just been kind of blown away by it all. So I I love him. Absolutely love him. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. My newest favorite is Emmeline or Emmeline from The Spoon Stealer by Leslie (gasps) Crewe. I can't wait to read that. Yeah. Yes. Oh, have you not? You haven't read it yet, right? I can't get it. I I can't. I'd have to buy it if I can't get it here. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to buy it for you. Okay. Um, (laughs) So I loved her. I loved her by page seven of this book. I have it written down in my notes. I was in love with her. Uh, It's sometimes the book. I love the book, but she was, she is the book. And she is an older woman and she's just the way she faces everything that she has faced in life with such humor and positivity, I loved. And sometimes it could border on a little sentimental, but I was okay with that. And as you got deeper into the book, you realized that she needed that positivity because she'd been through so much. Anyways, and I loved her. I just loved her attitude and yeah. So she's my newest favorite one. Yeah. I was so disappointed because I checked, I checked all my libraries. I checked uh, for physical copies. I checked for e-copies and I can't get it. And so it's one of those things uh, when I buy 
Ali Hassan's book, I can also buy The Spoon Stealer. So when I get to Canada the next time, I'm going to make sure those are the two books I buy for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. A book that made you cry. Uh, for me, easy. Scarborough by Catherine Hernandez. Mm. I don't want to say why because I don't want to give a spoiler for the yeah. end for why I cried. Yeah. But it's heartbreaking at the end. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Um, okay. Mine, I, I, it was yesterday. Oh. <laughs> and I mean, I'm not kidding you. Because I was looking at my list and I was like, I don't think anything made me cry. Because I'm, first of all, I should say, I'll go on record in saying I'm the biggest crybaby cry baby on the planet. Everybody knows that I can be talking about a commercial. I can talk yeah. about my dog who died in 2013 and I will start crying. It's just so yep. crazy and ridiculous. But I looked at the list this year and I was like, I don't remember like crying. You know, whatever it was the year before or the year before that, I read Migrations and I told everybody yes. I ugly cried and happy cried through that book. Yeah. But I couldn't think of one. But however, I went to the library, my Flint Public Library, with my little five-year-old grandniece and I picked up a whole pile of picture books and... I picked up The Lantern House by Aaron Napier. And I guess Aaron Napier has a TV show or something, like okay. home renovation or something. I, I didn't recognize her, but I, when I looked no. it up, I was like, oh, I think she's famous, but I'm sorry I didn't know her. And it's basically, I'm not kidding you, I, like, I cried real tears by the end of the book because it's about a house. Again, when inanimate objects become animated, I there's something that just like tugs at my heart. And it's about a house that this young couple, they move into this brand new house, they have their child, and then their child grows up and they, you know, they, they plant trees and they do all this stuff around the house mm -hmm. and they paint and wallpaper and stuff. And then the child grows up and then she moves off and has her family. And then the two people are in the house and they're, they're getting old. And then all of a sudden now the old lady is by herself and she's sweeping the porch and then she's gone. There are no lights in the house. And then the house falls into disrepair. And then, thank God, a new family moves in and fixes okay, up the house. Good. But I'm telling you, like, I'm reading yeah. this thing, like, oh, and the way the house says how sad and lonely it is. Yeah. Like, seriously, like a picture book. That's, I'm such a crybaby, but it, it made me cry. So, real, no, real I tears. Can, <laughs> I can see that. I can understand that. Because I do the same thing. If I find something touching, sometimes it will be a commercial. And I'll explain it to Mike and I'll start getting choked up. And in my head, I'm like... <laughs> I hope he can't hear that I'm about to cry. And he's just looking at me and I'll start doing something else. I'm like, because I'm tough. I'm not going to yeah. cry about a commercial. Yeah. All right. Number 11, the book yeah. that made you happy. Now, for me, it is thanks to Tara because this year has been a really tough year. And I was just like needing something to read that was going to give me, put me in a better place. And she gave me a copy, sent me a copy of the Vinyl Cafe Celebrates by Stuart yeah. McLean, who I did not know. And from the first sentence of that book, I was in love. That book made me laugh and it made me tear up and it was beautiful. Yeah. And it, it was just like this warm hug through the whole book. And it made me so happy. And I am going to go back. I know there are others, uh, other books as well. I will get them because... It's like kind of like our Lake Wobegon. I love Stuart McLean. I know he's passed, but I just, it just made me so happy. And I'm so thankful that you gave it to me because it hit me at the right time. So thank oh, you. That is amazing. That's, Stuart McLean is amazing. He's perfect yeah. for that. Yeah. 
Um, mine is, I'm going to revisit from two questions ago. It's The Spoon Stealer by Leslie Crew. Yep. It just made me happy. That's so cool. I, I really can't re- wait to read it. Do you think, because it was it was on the the long list for Canada Reads, do you think yeah. it ever could have held up on Canada Reads as a, as a contender? Uh, I don't know. I don't, against the others, any of the other four, if I picked, I'm not sure because they're all, they're all great books. Like they were really strong books this year. And yeah. this one is a great book as well, but on a different, um, I'm going to say level, but that is not the correct word to use because mm-hmm. they're all just great books. But those other ones just dealt with issues on a that were just really prevalent at the time. Yeah. That I, I don't know if just a happy, feel-good book yeah. could hold up to them. Yeah. But I will be looking in. I think she is quite, uh, has quite a backlist of Ooh. books. Yeah. So I'm going to be looking into more of her books. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so next, number 12, most beautiful book you bought or received. So uh, this one's weird because I have, I'm trying not to buy as many books. I still have bought books this year. I'm trying to get through my books that I have. So I haven't bought that many. And none of them have been like true stunners. Like, you know, some be- books are just beautiful. Mm-hmm. I've looked through them. I don't have, they're all kind of like, the covers are like, fine. They're fine. They're pretty books, but there's nothing beautiful. So I chose in instead of most beautiful, um, how would I describe this? It is a copy of a Judy Bloom book called In the Unlikely Event. It's one of it's from maybe it's about 10 years old. And I found it just this past week and it is signed. So it is a signed oh, copy yeah. of this book. So that's why I chose it. It's so it's not the most beautiful book. But because of that signature, which makes my little, and I have not read any of her adult books. I've only read her ad, young adult books that she wrote that I read when I was like 10, 12 years old. And, and her children's books, like the Super Fudge series and all that mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. So this will be her first adult book of hers that I read. But when I saw that this was a signed copy, yeah. So that made my little heart happy. And I picked that up. And I'm actually really looking forward to revisiting going back to her yeah her writing I think that's actually a great book to list under this category of most beautiful book because it is because it ha- like you say it has her signature in it I think that's yeah. really that's a really cool answer it made me kind of go oh. oh thank you now for me I one of the my my negative traits in life is that I I lack patience <laughs> so I decided to start buying all of the red wall books which mm-hmm. are you know juvenile books by Brian Jakes. And I had a million years ago, I read the first book, Redwall, and never read any of the series. And now that I'm retired, I thought, I am going to read the entire series. There's 22 books. So I started buying them as I could find them. And it's the Firebird edition. So it's these little just paperbacks. You know, they're not that expensive. And then I got impatient and I was like, screw that. And I went ahead and I went to Books a Million, which is in the United States, and I bought the entire set. So they're all lined up on my shelf. They look to me, they just look so beautiful because I have all 22. And then when I was clearing out, you know, when I, now since I'm retired, I started cleaning out all my stuff. When I moved, I hadn't gone through everything. And I found, I used to belong to the Redwall Club back, um, you know, however many years ago now. And I had been gifted through the club 
these like baseball card sized book covers oh. of this edition. And I have almost all of them. So I'm using those. I put them in each of the books and I'm going to be using them as the bookmark for when I read the book. Oh, very cool. And so now I'm just like, I have the little mini artwork on the, on the book thing, bookmark kind of thing. And then I have the whole set and they just, every day I look at them and they make me happy to look at yeah. them. So they're beautiful. So yeah. Nice. Cheap little paperbacks. Yep. <laughs> now what books, this is number 13, our last question. Okay. What books do you need to read this year? And for me, because I'm a librarian, I rarely buy books. I bought more books in the last three or four years because doing this whole thing, a lot of the Canadian titles I can't get in the U.S., so I have been purchasing a lot more. Mm -hmm. But I decided to read my to-be-read list. And because I'm a mood reader, things that I had purchased over the last few years, I then decided I don't really want to read it now. So I've cleaned out my whole shelf and I've gotten, I've donated a lot of those books to the library. Either I've read them already or I'm decided not to read them. I have two left on my to be read list wow. this year. I'm not kidding you. And so, wow. Now that doesn't count the Redwall books. And I have um, Anne of Green Gables series and I have um, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Like I have those three series that I need to read that I have. But other than that, I just don't like to have, like, it creates sort of this really weird anxiety to me to have books sitting in my house that I have not read. So that's why I don't really buy them unless I'm planning to read them fairly soon. But mm -hmm. the two I have left, I have Starlight Tour, The Last Lonely Night of Neil Stonechild, which, yeah, was about the indigenous, indigenous young man who was left to freeze to death uh, in the, somewhere in the plains, right? Was it? Saskatchewan. So. Yeah. Saskatchewan. Yeah. Somewhere like that. Yeah. I think yeah. Is, yeah. There's that one. And then the other one is the history of Canada in 10 maps by Adam Schultz, who I've read all of his other mm. books so far. And I love him as an author and I'm a geography major and stuff. So I'm really excited to read this history of Canada in 10 maps. So there's, those are the last yeah. two books. Now I've also either purchased or been gifted six books this year that I hope to read by the end of this year. So again, I don't carry over things too long and then decide I don't want to read them. So yeah. yeah. So that's, that's really good. Yeah. You're doing really good on that. Yeah. I just, well, like I said, I, I know that all the listeners out there who have shelves and shelves and shelves of tons and tons of books on their to be read list. I really, I really have great respect for you that you can do that. It's just for me, it creates like this weird anxiety for me to have things sitting there. So that's why I can't do that. But I yeah. appreciate everybody who has like an incredible library at home. Yeah. Yeah. I'm much the same way. I have more on my TBR than you, mm -hmm. but I'm kind of trying to not buy any new books until I've read so many, at least three of the ones yeah. that are already on my, in my, on my shelf kind of thing. Yeah. Cause I also don't like just to randomly buy. So, but as for books that I need to read this year. So every year I do a goal of reading the, long list for the Giller oh, nomination right. of the previous year. So I try to, right. So we're in 2022. So I think I have three or four books left on the 2021 Giller long list mm -hmm. left to read. So I would like to get those read by ideally it would be like by September, October when they release the 2022 long list, but that mm -hmm. may not happen, but definitely by January 1st of 2023. 
Do you know which titles, basically any of the titles that you have left to read of those, maybe three or, three or yeah, four? Yeah, I have the list right beside me. Oh, okay. So I have uh, Swimming Back to Trout River by Linda Rue Feng, which mm-hmm. I have put a hold on the library. So I should be getting that within the next week or so. Uh, the Listeners by Jordan Tannehill. Mm-hmm. Fight Night by Miriam Taves. And We Jane by Amy Wall which I can't remember anything about that book, actually. So I'm... Is that one about, like, abortion or something? Yeah, I, feel I don't like... know. Isn't that funny? I'm looking it up right now because I can't yeah. remember. Because I'm like, the others, I'm like, oh, that's the one that I'm like, I can't remember anything about it. But that's why I like to do this, because I read books that I may not have normally read that would not have been on my radar. So those are the only four of my must-read for the rest of the year. Yeah, this one, it says, I just looked it up because I wanted to, a remarkable debut about intergenerational female relationships and resistance found in the unlikeliest of places. We Jane explores the precarity, that's a, I didn't know that was a word, precarity of rural existence and the essential nature of abortion. So yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's, yeah. Thank you for looking that up because now I'm uh, intrigued. Yeah. Yeah. That one sounded really good. So now do you try to go back and listen or read? like say the long list for Canada reads? No, I do read some of the long list from Canada reads. So I know that for this past year, the long list, I did go through and took note of some of them that I wanted to read that didn't make the short list. Yeah. But there were just some that I wasn't interested in. So I won't read all of them. Yeah. I love that you go back and read the Giller books. Maybe I I, I would like to do that, but that that's a long list. I'm not sure it's that a I long list. You it. could yeah. try. The short list is like six, right? Or five, five or oh, six. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that's what well, I'll do. Maybe I'll commit yeah. to the short list of the Giller books. Maybe I'll do that. Yeah. So, yeah. well, that's really cool. Well, I think that we've had a really good uh, first part of 2022. Yeah. I think we've Me read too. some really good things. And I have to say, I, I set up a... On good my Goodreads, I set up a total of, I think, 75 books for this year, but it really just means I'm pretty much good for one adult book, like four a month. So really, that's 48 yeah. books, right? The other ones, the reason I say I set it at 75, because I do read kids' books and, and uh, picture books. So if I tell people I read 75 books, they go, oh, that's good. And then I think, well, no, not really, because a lot of them are <laughs> picture books, but it's okay, so... I love them. So, yeah. All right. Well, I think that's all we have to say about that. What we would love to do is have you let us know what you've read. If you want to answer any of the questions here and let us know what you uh, really loved on in your reading this year, we would love to hear from you. Oh yeah. That would be fun to hear actually. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on our bookish journey. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing Canada Reads American Style wherever you listen. You can connect with the podcast and Rebecca on Instagram at Canada Reads American Style and with Tara at On a Branch Reads. Until next time, keep reading.